name's Steph Scholl, and I'm here with... This Silver Dollar Man, Scott Stevenson. And Scott, we have been trying to get our guest today for months, ever since she came to Title I. And did a big reels class, Crush It Reels. Yeah. And, and she crushed it. She did. And both of us have been following her Instagram, Sabrina Rose Real Estate. So Sabrina Martinez with EXP. I mean, she knows her stuff. Don't you feel like you're constantly looking at her Instagram being like, wow, that was great. Well, absolutely. So Sabrina, I've talked to a lot of agents and there are a lot of misconceptions about new construction. So what are some of those? There's so many out there. And ironically, a lot of them that I hear are from other agents. Oh, so interesting. when I first started talking about getting into and focusing on new construction as a niche, I actually got a lot of pushback from other agents who were kind of telling me the horror stories and, and some things that they either experienced themselves or they heard about or they saw a headline or something. And so I was a little bit nervous. And some of the big ones are that it's more expensive than a normal resale transaction or somebody that's already lived in the house. In today's market, that could not be further from the truth. As I'm sure you guys are aware right now, there's bidding wars, there's multiple offers. So people are paying tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands over what the house is actually worth. Whereas oftentimes in new construction, you can lock in the price um, while they're building the house. And then as they're building the house, the value goes up. And so you actually can get a house for tens of thousands under what it's actually worth by the time you move in. Now, that's not blanket across the board. There are some builders out there that have what's called an escalation clause where they reserve the right to increase the price. But from what I'm seeing, that is actually not as common as a lot of people think. So oftentimes you can get a brand new, beautiful home for less than what you would pay compared to one that's already been lived in. So that's a big one. If you look at the contract, will it be pretty straightforward that there's an escalation clause? It will. And that's why having an agent super important to kind of drill the builder on that, ask questions. Also, it's a pretty small community. So we hear from other agents about builders' reputations and we hear which you know builders are actively implementing their escalation clause and horror stories there. Um, but yes, it will be detailed in the contract. So when I'm meeting with a client, we're going over the contract. I'm making sure that if there is one in there, that we are spending a lot of time discussing that risk. Um, oftentimes they choose not, it might be in there, but they don't actively utilize it. Um, so we're just making sure that the client really understands that risk. Some of them are kind of tweaking it now where they're putting in like a certain threshold. So they're saying, okay, we can escalate anything that increases over say 9%, mm. you would be required um, to come in with. So each builder is a little bit different, um, but there's some that also advertise this is locked in. You know, you're not going to have to worry about this increasing. Or we as a builder, that's something that's important to us. We want to make sure that you're budgeting for this house. You know, we can't really um, know what the rates are going to do, but we can tell you that the price isn't going to change. So it's going to be in the contract and then it's just a further discussion with the builder. Well, and Scott, you've heard me talk about this a ton. I know the <laughs> new construction, my yes. passion for it and getting all my friends in new yes. construction. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, oh, I don't need an agent. Like I just like want in. Yeah. And I remember specifically my father being like, you need representation. It's a good dad. And that's what I've like told <laughs> As you're talking about all this reading through you and wouldn't everything, know. it shows why it's so important 
to have your agent represent you. Absolutely. So as agents, it is our fiduciary responsibility to protect your interests. And you want to make sure that you have that representation when walking into even a new construction situation. So a lot of people think that they don't need one because they walk in and they meet, you know, the sales agent there and they're so nice and they can help them with the contract and they help them, you know, show them the model homes. Like, why would I need a realtor? And this is exactly why. So we understand the reputations of the builders. We understand and we're, we're talking to other agents about that. We understand that the builder's contract is written by the builder's attorney to represent and to protect their interest. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go over that con- that contract with a fine tooth comb and make sure that we're having a discussion about the escalation clause right. or anything else in there that may be red flags for us. Oftentimes, it's there to protect them. They don't implement or they don't utilize that, but we want to make sure that the buyers are educated on what that really means and what they're really signing and agreeing to and what the risks are with it. And then also throughout the process, there's other things like you want to make sure you have your agent there for what's called a four-way or pre-drywall inspection, making sure that everything that's in the contract, any design changes, any structural changes, that it actually is being done according to what the contract says. Also going to the design center with them, it's fun. But the design center, you know, their agents are are taught and it is their goal oftentimes to make you spend as much money as possible to make the builder as much money as possible. So we're there. We understand what your budgets are. We understand what your priorities were, what things that you wanted out of the home. And we're helping you educate you along that process as well to say, okay, this is, you know, for resale, these are kind of the things you may want to splurge on. Like I just did um, a reels recently about this. So it talks about ceiling height is something that you want to splurge on. Flooring is something that you want to splurge on. And then the other areas that when going for resale, give you the highest return are splurges in the kitchen and the primary bath. So we have that background. We have that knowledge. We're going to help educate along through the design process so that you're not just unnecessarily spending and also so that you're staying on budget. Um, And then also just communication is a big one. One of the biggest things with new construction is each builder does things drastically different. Every builder has a different process. Every builder has different communication styles and methods. Some have no established processes for communication. Some have amazing processes established. But I'm making sure that we're touching base on at least a weekly basis of any updates throughout the process. If there's any delays, if there's any issues, just, you know, structural things that have come up or um, things along the process just to help you understand where your home is in terms of being built. If I was going into a new home and there's a sales rep there, isn't that sales rep a real estate agent that I could um, deal with? Why? And you're not, mm-hmm. right? You're not one of those Correct. Th- those that are in there. So what's the difference between getting what you might call an independent agent from a builder and their own sales rep. The biggest difference is that that sales agent is paid to represent the builder and the builder's interest and to make the builder as much money as possible. Their their fiduciary responsibility is to the builder, whereas getting your own representation, it is somebody there to protect strictly your interests and to kind of bridge the gap between the two um, and making sure that you're all on the same page, that the communication is clear and that your interests are being protected throughout the process. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> well, and I didn't realize it with the design center because I'm like, 
how how crucial that is to right. have your agent with you, right. especially how you're so knowledgeable of here's the things to splurge on. And Scott, think how great that would be to like go to design center with Vicky and she's wanting to spend all this time. <laughs> you, have, you have your agent well, telling you what is. I know where that would go. <laughs> it's Escalate fun. all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah. It's been but a like sort of, those. of keeping it down to because it, it can, you can get so right. getting the, the nicest like doorknobs and stuff. Yeah. Right. right. Some right. of that is. Yeah, nice. and I and I can speak to my own experience from building homes mm-hmm. of regrets that I've had or things that I wor- wish I mm-hmm. would have splurged mm-hmm. on. And then also all of my past clients and my current clients that are going through that process. And so I can speak to all of that experience to say, you know, this is worth it and something you may want to consider. Whereas, you know, that is easy for you to do later. You know, mm. like we have a budget here. Yeah, I know those like the black faucets are beautiful. And that's something that would be pretty easy to fix later. Let's focus on staying on the budget, things like that. Interesting. I like that perspective of the stuff that's easier to get done than ripping out a, the floor. Exactly. Flooring's <laughs> a big one. And then, yeah, it helps that I've, I've built homes myself. So I've gone through that experience with multiple builders. And so I can kind of speak from my own personal experience as well after living in the home. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I wish I would have splurged on that. That was unnecessary. You know, I yeah. we probably could have saved on that. Now, is new construction a good fit for everyone? I would say the the biggest thing that may not fit is if you if there's a big time constraint. So if you're needing a home quickly, that may not be an option. Now, not to say that it, it won't be an option, but it may be a little more difficult. You would really be looking at something and looking for things that either had a contract canceled or maybe a spec home that just came available. So other than a time constraint, I would say it's for a lot of people. And I actually heard a statistic the other day. Um, the NAR said that 60% of home buyers would prefer a brand new home compared to one that's been lived in. So I would say most people want that. Yeah. There's a lot of benefits to it. You know, it's you'll have the home warranty right away. There's low maintenance. It's going to be energy efficient. Everything's brand new, moving ready, never been lived in. Oftentimes it'll have things that are custom to your preferences and your lifestyle or modern designs and finishes. And then oftentimes we are talking about the community amenities. A lot of new construction are in communities that have pools and pickleball and, you know, mm-hmm. parks and all these fun things. Well, I, I can tell you this. There's nothing, I don't know, sweeter than moving into a brand new, brand home. new home. It's brand yeah. spanking new. Nobody, a new car. <laughs> nobody else. It's like, yeah, it is yeah. like a new car. It smells differently. It, it smells feels new. differently. There's just something about a brand new house. And I've been in both. I've built homes and I've also moved into, lived in homes. And there's just nothing quite like. There really isn't. I delayed cooking fish in my house to keep that new home smell for the longest time. Nothing like it. When we were chatting before, you were talking about all the research that you do to stay on top of with the the builders and the different products that they have and everything. And I want to brag about you with that. So let's just highlight that. <laughs> all right. Because I think that that's something different that I it's haven't unique. heard about. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your process of staying informed so that you can be this construction expert. Absolutely. So I quickly found with new construction that most of the inventory is not on the MLS. And I heard a number the other day. I don't know if this is national, but I would say it's pretty accurate that 65 to 70 percent of new construction never makes it to the MLS, which is, you know, kind of the bloodline for most agents. Because... 
Yeah. Because why? Why does it not get there? Um, a lot of reasons. Okay. Either it's a smaller builder or it, it never has to make it to oh, the MLS. Okay. So they're able to reach out to the sales agents that they work with often mm-hmm. and send emails or texts or reach out to them and say, do you have a buyer? And then we quickly snatch it up and it Before never it even, even comes. makes it to the, okay. to the MLS. Mm-hmm. So. Most of my clients have been that scenario. Either a contract was canceled Mm -hmm. or a spec home came available. They blasted it out to the agents that they work with. And we stepped in and and got our buyers under contract. Never made it to the MLS. Wow. So, and then a lot of them are smaller builders as well that, you know, they only have a couple homes to sell and they don't have those established processes. They're home builders. You know, they're not marketers. They're, you know, they don't maybe have dedicated agents and it never makes it to the MLS. I found that out rather quickly and also understood the advantage of having those relationships and being one of those agents that the sales agents would call or text if something came available. So I've started treating my business almost in a way that a lot of agents would treat their sphere, where my sphere are sales agents. So I stop by, I create relationships. I let them know that I focus on new construction. I make sure that I'm in their pipeline of who to reach out to, whether that's you know through email or text or whatever it is, that I know how they communicate those things. And I follow up regularly with them to find out about inventory. I educate myself on what their process is. You know, I've mentioned that each builder does things differently. So I ask things like, do you do highest and best or do you do first come first serve? What are your deposits? Who's your preferred lender? What incentives do you have? Do you do spec? Do you do custom? Like what types of homes, you know, what are you known as, as a builder? Like what is something that you're super proud of? Really like get to understand what their processes are and build those relationships so that when they do have inventory available, I'm one of the first people that they call. And then I even do like things like pop buys, like people would do with their sphere where they might, you know, for the sphere, you might drop some cookies or something. I do that for my sales agents and, you know, to try to stay top of mind with them as they have inventory come available. Well, that's super because that means you're getting information that you can give to your clients that others are not able to do. So I've started actually creating a database. It's just a Google Doc for now of all the builders, what type of product they have. Do they have single family? Do they condos? Do they do townhomes? What the price ranges are? What communities they have now versus what they have upcoming? Again, their processes so that when my buyers want new construction, I'm not relying on the MLS to give me that information. I have my own database to go to to try to find something that fits their needs. Well, Scott, when we created this podcast, you know, we called it stunning because we wanted it to highlight these individuals that you're just like wowed by. Yeah. And Sabrina, you really are. Thank you. That person, because (laughs) I love the extra effort that you put in to figure this all out so that you can have your client and they're like, okay, I want to live in this area. Right. But I'm so sick of being outbid. And then you can find the person that that they don't do the highest and best. It's the first come. And then it's like helping them not have that housing heartbreak and give up and be discouraged. Absolutely. And building those relationships is with the sales agents is so crucial. I've had on more than one occasion, sales agents tell me, hey, this law is going to be released. I know it's something that fits one of your client's needs because I've reached out and told them, you know, it's I 
found out that the lot's coming available the second week of June and I'm calling them on Monday morning asking mm-hmm. about it. And maybe my client wasn't crazy about the location or they need some time to think about it. And I've had sales agents tell me, let me know if your client wants this because I have others that are interested, but if your client wants it, it's yours. I'd rather work with you. So those relationships are crucial. They know that I know new construction and that I'm going to help make the process easier on both sides because I'm almost like the liaison between my client as well as the builder in explaining and setting expectations on both sides. Why do you think that most agents, and I'm just going to, my opinion, this is my opinion, most agents don't work with new construction or at least they don't go out of their way to to work with new construction. Why is it that you... uh, you why do, do such I a, do it? Yeah, why? Well, no, I know why. I mean, you do a fabulous job. I can just listen to you. And if I was somebody looking for a new construction home, right. I would come your way. There are not that many agents that have that kind of knowledge and background. And I'm wondering why. They just, is yeah. there no, they just not taking the effort? Well, I, 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 just don't I think get there's it. a few things. Um, and I made another reel about this, about why your agent may not show you new construction homes. Um, I think the biggest thing is most of them do rely on the MLS to give them inventory. So if it's not there, they don't know that it's not there. Right. Uh, so that is one. Another thing that I hear often is that they're just not as familiar with it. They they don't understand kind of what their role is in it because the sales agents do a lot of the heavy lifting. To be honest, I have heard this. I would say this isn't super common, but there are some agents that prefer not to work new construction because it's a longer process. It's a oh, longer mm-hmm. transaction and meaning that it's going to take several months to get a commission check. Mm-hmm. So if there's a house, you know, that we can close on in 45 to 60 days, that be maybe more preferable for them than something in six to nine months. Yeah. I'm super impressed. I mean, honestly, I've talked to a lot of real estate agents, and most of them are just not wanting to work new construction. Right. And uh, But you seem to know your stuff. Yeah. I think I loved it. I love it. I think that a lot of agents, you know, you may have to transition into it if that's a niche that you're interested in because it does take longer to get commission checks. But after a few months, you just they just start rolling in, and it can be something that it's easier to manage more, in my opinion, because... I'm extending my tasks along a a longer period of time, whereas on a resale transaction, there's a lot that I've got to do every single day, and it's go, 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 whereas on new construction, I'm really, there's some key points throughout it, but it might just be a weekly five-minute call, so Mm -hmm. I'm able to do more at one time. Like you don't probably wouldn't have near the problems with inspections. Yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) although, although that's why you want to vet your builders and and that's why you want to check along the process. You'd be, you'd be surprised. (laughs) Be surprised how many problems there are. And even in a new home. Yeah. And that is one thing, you know, as with just real estate in general, there's going to be something that comes up that's less than ideal, but kind of like we were talking about before we started recording, it's the communication. You just have to address the issue head on and uh, communicate. I like how you said that it's a longer time and you can help more people because how rewarding is that to be there 
at the beginning when it's dirt and be able to right? see them walk through oh the gosh. final product. Has that been really cool? Absolutely. And that is one thing that I love about it is that it gives me an opportunity to really connect and build those relationships with my clients as well. Uh, resale transaction, like I said, it's like it could be 45, 60 days. It's like you're in and out and then on to the next. Whereas mm-hmm. through a build transaction, I am there along the entire way for months. And so I'm really able to build that relationship. And it's so fun to get updates like, oh, we have windows. We have like, the kitchen's <laughs> always the most exciting for me is when the kitchen goes in. Yeah. It's like, that's a big day. But, you know, when it breaks ground and it's a you know a big hole in the ground, it's so much fun. You're able to provide that consistency between all the builders because I've seen even I, I've had a lot of my friends use the same builder that I did. Yep. And my sales agent was giving me mm. like, Every few weeks, once it was up and framed and everything, Mm -hmm. updates. And I have friends that haven't heard from their person. So you're able to be that person that makes sure that they're getting that consistent communication regardless. Absolutely. What sales agent with what builder. Exactly. Yeah. So like I said, all builders are different. Some have amazing processes established where, you know, they'll send emails and they have weekly calls and they even have like apps and things you can log Mm -hmm. into and they upload pictures. And some of them, you know, go all out while others, that's not their primary focus. You know, they're just building a house. And so I'm able to kind of integrate my own processes through that and say, you know, let's create maybe a weekly check-in. And if I don't hear from them, then, you know, I'm going out and speaking to them or reaching out or getting an update from them so that my clients can get that consistency no matter what builder they're working with. And that is huge, especially when it comes to the end and you're like, I just want to know, like, when, when am I going to, because I mean, with the delays, like you talked about your being liaison, I think you're also able to smooth some edges. I was very grateful for my agent of just being like, Hey, you know what? Right now, like this is normal. This is the stuff yeah, that's delayed. This is normal. It's gonna take a little bit longer. And then you are cursing right. the builder's name. Absolutely. So. And that's just another reason why it's helpful to have an agent, especially one that focuses on new construction, because we can kind of explain that this is normal. This is this is pretty common compared to mm, that's a little weird. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna dig yeah, into this a little point. bit more and find out what's going on. That's not common or I haven't heard that before. Um, so yeah, just another area that is beneficial. Well, and then that communication is uh, because there are so many different exciting things. We built a house and they had to dynamite out the side of a hill. <laughs> so they gave me a call. So I was cool. so happy about this <laughs> because they gave me a call and they said, uh, you know, we're going to set dynamite off in your property. And if you and your wife and your five little kids, I had five little kids at the time, we all went up into the woods, I Stephanie, got on the hillside. <laughs> we all sat back and, you know, behind the hill and they detonated the side of the hill. And the kids just remember that to this day. You know, right. it's just kind of an exciting right. moment. It's an it was experience. all, yeah, yeah, it's just really an experience. So what what are different types of new construction that that are going on? Yeah, so there's three main ones. There's probably some additional categories, or there are, but there's three main, especially here in you know Salt Lake, Utah, mm-hmm. Davis County. The first one's going to be custom. Now, this is typically smaller builders, and it's very, very custom, meaning that you can bring your own floor plan if you like. You can select from theirs, and you pick all of the finishes. They may have some vendors that they can recommend, but if you have a vendor that you want to work in, maybe some countertops or windows, whatever, you can bring in all of that and 
very customized your home. Um, another one's going to be production builders or track homes. These are probably the most common ones here in, in Salt Lake Valley and Wasatch Front. These are production builders that build a lot of homes in a lot of communities. They may have different floor plans for you, for you to select from. They may have different design packages from you to select from, or this might be the ones that you go to their design center and pick out the finishes. And then the last one's going to be spec homes, which right now we are seeing spec homes with both custom and production builders just because of inventory shortages and supply chain issues. But spec homes are ones that the builder has selected everything. They've selected the floor plan, they selected all the design finishes, and they're building a house. And then they typically will release the spec home about 90 to 120 days prior to being completed. But on those, you get a brand new home, but you didn't actually make any of the selections for the finishes or yeah. the floor plan. I've done all those, Stephanie. And I can tell you this, the custom home is the fun one. <laughs> it is fun. It is, but it depends on the client. Some clients get overwhelmed with Well, that. that's true. <laughs> that's a lot of decisions. It's a lot, a lot of, of decisions. Pressure. And if you don't have a design or an interest in design, yeah. it can be very overwhelming. Uh, I that's had one a good client point. that was intimidated by even the design center. It wasn't a custom. It was a production. <laughs> yeah. But the design center was like, I don't know how, you know, deep I want the the basement or um, how wide I want my baseboards. Like these yeah. are too many questions. Like, right. you know, so it depends on the client. Yeah, you're true. I'm thinking of my wife. So, so that's, yeah. that's, that's how come that <laughs> So in that case, did you help them out or how do you, what yeah, do you do with that? Absolutely. So that's where I go through and ask them questions about what's important to them. Um, ask them to get on Pinterest, send me kitchens or send me, you know, floor plans or um, design finishes that really stay stand out colors that they want to incorporate. And then that way going into the design appointment, I'm able to kind of guide the conversation and know what's important, what doesn't matter, and, and making sure that we've got that visual, that image that we're trying to recreate. That is such an added value that you bring to the table that you're able to help them with designing because that's huge. Yeah. Now, yeah. a lot of the design center agents are phenomenal at that mm -hmm. as well. The design center have obviously a lot of background and skill in that. Yeah. But again, it differs. Some builders design center are phenomenal and some of them will just let you run wild like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've seen some houses that I'm just kind of like how did this happen? You know, there's like pink walls and maroon <laughs> bathtubs and just the craziest things that, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing for most people. We don't know what looks good together. You might think, oh, yeah, I like these pink colors, but. Right. Yeah, until you have them on the wall yeah. and they're overwhelming you. <laughs> uh -huh. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, as agents, we're we're in the know with design trends and what's kind of fading out, what's coming up. And so we can definitely incorporate that into the conversation. Okay, so w what advice, I mean, if you're dealing with a client and they're going to different uh, builders, um, there's a registration, right? Yes, yes. And I'm glad that you asked that. Very, very important. You don't want to waive your right 
gifts to an agent unknowingly. So if you go to a model and you don't have your agent for whatever reason, make sure you let them know that you are represented, that you do have an agent. They oftentimes will ask you to register and you want to make sure that your agent's contact information is included in the register. I have seen some builders now too actually put signs on the model that you must attend with your agent if you are represented the first time. Mm. So if you're walking to a model and you see that sign, stop, <laughs> give me a call and we'll arrange yeah. a time to go in together because you don't want to unknowingly waive your right to representation. Right. That's really important. Very important. Yeah. yeah. Well, so now you're kind of definitely a unicorn I use uh, in the industry and dealing with that. And I see that your some of your thoughts are to put together an educational class for real estate agents. Yes, yes. So something that we're super passionate about, along with obviously helping our clients, is helping other agents. So we do a lot of training classes. We just wrapped up one last week on Reels, Instagram Reels for Realtors, which was a ton of fun. And one that we have coming up is new construction for Realtors and kind of squashing a lot of these misconceptions, but also giving them specific strategy to build their brand and to become familiar with working with new construction buyers. Like, how do you exactly do you network? What are the questions that you ask? Um, what are things to watch out for? What are some red flags and things like that? Helping agents actually become familiar and comfortable with representing new construction buyers. Well, that's uh, kind of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people ask me, like, why would you want to help your competition? <laughs> but it is something that I am passionate about, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in rising tides, and I think that the more agents out there that are educated on this, the more options we can give the buyers and also obviously help the builders as well. For those of you listening, follow Sabrina at Sabrina Rose underscore real estate. Right? Yes, that's it. You got it. <laughs> and you're really good at like following people and like liking their pictures. I feel like you you comment on I see you commenting on stuff. Yeah, a lot. so, so that's a strategy yeah. with with Instagram and with real estate in general. Um, I I use the acronym LCM, like comment message five a day to stay top of mind, stay top of mind with agents, to stay top of mind with my sphere and my database, as well as sales agents and builders. So do you feel like that's the best way if someone wants to reach out is through Instagram or is Absolutely. it to call you? Yeah. No, Instagram would be great. Follow me and yeah, let's build a house together. Mm -hmm.